0: We've had prophetic words over next Sunday morning and Sunday night, even though it's not the usual PM and that we're having a special night. And because our city location and our Belconnell locations are together, it's not like, oh, quick, we've got to rush off to get to the city and that. We've got time for ministry and we wanted to allow time at night. So it's going to be a really special Sunday and I really hope you can make it. If you've got friends, even if they don't believe in God, get them in and that and say, look, if you don't believe in God, what does it matter? What have you got to lose? But we've seen God do the... Unusual, and we've had it prophesied over us last year that we would see this year um, God bringing unusual miracles, an unexpected favour, and that is what we're wanting to see. Whether you're here or you're online, we are believing that for this year. And also, too, we got another word from Pastor Steve McCracken about keeping to press in and press in to see God's miraculous power happen. And you know, for me, keep pressing in is an action. It's not giving up and oh well, I'll keep coming and hoping something happens on Sunday it's about pressing in and really believing and if we want to see the spiritual realm activated for good in our lives then we have got to get involved in the spiritual realm ourselves and nothing gets stirred up in the spiritual realm like prayer and fasting believe you me So as it's been advertised, we have called our church to a day of prayer and fasting tomorrow. For we want to see God's miraculous power released next Sunday in the life of our church family for all who come and for those who are online. And you may not always be able to make the Monday night prayer Zoom and that, that starts at seven o'clock and it does, only goes for about 30 minutes and that. But we're asking you for tomorrow night to make a deliberate effort to fast during the day, whatever you can, and that we don't get legalistic about it. And we're also asking you to make a deliberate effort to be part of the prayer meeting, the Zoom prayer meeting on Monday night. It's You can go onto our website and just scroll down. You'll see it, the prayer meeting, just hit the link, go in. Or on church news, you've got the, the words, the, everything, you need to get in or just hit that link there it's nice and easy but we really encourage you and be really powerful for our whole church family to be praying together will make such a big difference And at the end of this month, our denomination, Australian Christian churches, are asking all our ACC churches to combine for two weeks of prayer and fasting. To pray for our nation, to pray for our communities and to prepare and set ourselves apart for the year ahead and all that God wants to do in and through us. So today I felt to speak about why should I fast? Excuse me. (laughs) I get a very dry mouth and I'm never sure why. Why should I fast? Why should you fast? And for some, this will be a refresher on the subject. For others, it may be new. Either way, we want to be preparing ourselves for the seasons ahead and be in the right season with the right motive. And fasting, the mere mention of the word. I know for me, it's like, yuck. Who loves fasting? Don't put up your hand. (laughs) It's like, you know, yeah, let's not kid ourselves. No one loves fasting. Nobody likes it. and that. But like anything, when we look at it with our natural eyes, we don't see its full potential and its value. And fasting clearly had its place in the life of the early churches. And in the New Testament, fasting was a channel of power. Unfortunately, as time went in, Time went on. People started to focus more on themselves, and oh, I'm fasting. And the current trends of that time. So perhaps more emphasis was began to be placed on the outward act of fasting instead of the value that comes from within and our heart relationship when it responds to God. So what do you think fast means? Well, primarily it means not to eat. Others have widened the meaning to fast from uh, uh, fast. Sorry, to fast is not only abstaining from food, but from anything that hinders our communication with God. Fasting is giving up something in the natural to birth something in the spiritual. And in Bible times, there were three main forms of fasting that took place. Each involved literal abstinence. abstinence. The normal fast, it was fasting from all food, whether in solid form or liquid form, but not from water. Then there was the absolute fast, fasting from all food and water. And an extreme crisis had threatened the whole Jewish race with an extermination. And Queen Esther called this absolute fast. In Esther 4, verse 16, we read, "'Go and gather all the Jews of Shushan and fast for me. "'Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, "'and I and my maids will do the same. "'And then, though it is strictly forbidden,' I will go in to see the king and if I perish I perish. Queen Esther herself called this absolute fast because desperate situation required desperate measures and God came through for them. But I highly caution you not to fast water unless you consult with a medical practitioner. And then there was the third thing was the partial fast. And the emphasis here was upon the restriction of diet rather than complete fasting, abstaining. In the book of Daniel 10, we read Daniel receiving a vision from God and it gave him a great cause for concern. And so in Daniel 10 verse 3, we see, I ate no pleasant or desirable food, nor did I eat any meat or wine, nor did any meat or wine come from into my mouth. And I did not anoint myself at all for a full three weeks. And there was undoubtedly a definite spiritual value in this special season, seeking God with a restricted diet. And for Daniel, it sharpened his ability to receive revelation and the unfolding of a vision with, from an angelic messenger. And Daniel trained from youth to lead a life of discipline, which, in, which fasting played a significant part. So we tend to think of fasting as going without food, but we can fast from anything. What's some of the things you think of, you could think of perhaps now you could fast up? I know friends who fasted from TV for a month or social media, both major sacrifices for some. From meat, that's a major sacrifice for some. Sweet things, that'll kill me. Coke, chocolate, whatever is a real sacrifice for you. Some people simply go without food for a prolonged period So have something, so you don't, but you do it with, you have something that you don't particularly like, but it gives you the energy throughout the day. So it might, I've done this before sometimes. I mean, particularly when you're working and you're doing a long fast, it's like, you know, I don't want to be sort of keeling over at every, around the office and everything like that, but I want to be fasting. So I've had a piece of 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 toasted dry wholemeal bread with nothing on it. And that's like eating sawdust. But the carbs gave my body enough to just keep going. And I just make sure you take fresh mints while you're doing it so that everyone doesn't put up with your bad breath and that sort of thing. <laughs> the main thing is that fasting is between you and God, not everybody else and you, you and God. And don't make it legalistic, just give God your best. And you know, if for some reason you, you, know, you end up breaking your fast, God's not gonna be mad at you. It's about your heart. And your heart condition before him, and he knows it. It's helpful to think of fasting a bit like a human relationship. When people need to be together, they will sacrifice all other activities in order to make that possible. They make it a priority. And there's nothing magical about fasting. It's just one way of showing God that you are willing to make sacrifices to make Him your priority and that you are totally dependent on Him for your situation. You mean business. Throughout the Bible, we see there were those who personally, regularly fasted as well as time when public fasts were declared, especially in times of special need and emergency. I love what Lisa Bevere, an author, teacher and pastor said, a diet changes the way you look, but a fast changes the way you see. Why should I fast? Well, let's look at some results from fasting. First thing is fasting fine-tunes our hearing and our focus. Judah was about to be invaded and they needed to hear from God and to have his help. So in Second Chronicles 20 verses 1 and 3 to 4 we see, It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and all the cities of Judah came to seek the Lord. A public fast had been called. They sought God to hear from him. The result was God told them that he would be with them and assure them of victory. Then we see in verses 21 to 22 that the singers went out ahead of the army, praising and worshipping while God set ambushes for the enemy. The enemy ended up fighting each other, totally annihilated. One thing is very careful to note, that fasting does not force God's hand. Fasting is not forcing God's hand. So don't ever do it to do that. We always need to look at our motive for wanting to see God move. Does it line up with his plans and his word? Or is it just the circumstances don't fit in with our personal plans? Someone once said that fasting is like adding rocket boosters to your prayer. You mean business and we are blessed to have a God who is keen to do business with us. Years ago when I came to Canberra, there was an area I just needed a breakthrough in. I was absolutely desperate. I felt God gave me a revelation about fasting, and I proceeded to fast two days a week for six months. Gosh, I was desperate. <laughs> well, I got my breakthrough—not as I had expected, but even better. The one thing was that, although, though, sorry, the one thing that, although, sorry, the one thing that also was exciting as I started fasting is I felt like the Word of God just came alive to me just came alive as I read it and I prayed for people as I put my hand on them and that it felt like God's power was going through me it was like wow and that when I worshiped the worship came alive I felt like I was really connecting and engaging in a way I hadn't done before and then I felt like was so much more sensitive to the nudging of the Holy Spirit it's just it fine-tuned my hearing and and my and my seeing and, and what I was doing it just made such an incredible difference and my whole focus was just so totally different so honed in and fine-tuned due to fasting it absolutely was great so the second thing is fasting is done unto God to bring him glory me fast what is to be gained by that Will I what will I gain from fasting and so much of our thinking can be ruled by that self-centered principle but you know God is not merely concerned with what we do but why we do it Fasting must be done unto God, the basic motive for being to the glory of God. In Luke 2, verses 36 to 37, we read, Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshipping God with fasting and prayer. And we see that Anna the prophetess was so caught up in her relationship with God, she worshipped God with fasting. There was no personal gain in her motive. Fasting then is that which is set apart for him, to minister to him, to honour and glorify him, and designed to accomplish His sovereign will. The third thing is, fasting keeps us focused on God's plans, not on ours. What is the basic ingredient to true holiness? Humility. Behind many of our sins and personal failures, personal clashes, strives and division lies the insidious pride of the human heart. On the negative side, there's three things, pride, a stomach that's too full and the stimulation of sexual desire are all old bedfellows. Do you recall what the sin of the town of Sodom was? Ezekiel 16, 49 to 50 says, Sodom's sins were pride, gluttony and laziness while the poor and the needy suffered outside her door. She was proud proud and committed detestable sins. So I wiped her out, as you have seen. In Jeremiah 5, verse 7, God says to Israel, "Well, I fed, when I fed them to the full, they committed adultery. You would be staggered at how many references there are in the Bible to people's lust and craving for food and how it determined their behaviour. Man overeats or overfeeds, Gets comfortable in life, becomes proud, and then man forgets about God and his plans. Fasting, then, allows our spiritual desires to be the to be the master of our natural desires. It's a divine corrective to the pride of the human heart. It's a discipline of the body with a tendency to humble the soul. And it puts a fire in our spirit that keeps us looking to God and his plans not ours. The fourth thing is fasting breaks the enemy's hold. Fasting is meant to be an instrument of liberation. Isaiah 58 verse 6 says, Is this not the fast I have chosen, to loose the bonds of the wicked, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you may break every yoke? Today, people fight oppression, which is not social, but spiritual, perhaps even satanic. People are bound by forces they don't understand and they don't seem to be able to break free from them. In many cases, they loathe themselves for their actions, weep with sheer frustration at their own powerlessness to break the chains, and pray as best they know for deliverance. Fasting is a powerful weapon appointed by God to break the enemy's hold. Satan is a stubborn foe and he's not going to relinquish his grasp on the spirits and souls, minds and bodies of men unless he is compelled to do so. And fasting provides that compelling. Mark 9 verses 17 and 29. Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I bought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And verse 29, so he, Jesus, said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So a, str- so a fast will strengthen the power to maintain pressure on the enemy so he's compelled to loosen his grip and let go. What are you battling with? Is it pornography? Is it drinking? Is it spending too much money? Is it gambling? Is it anger? Is it domestic violence? I could list so many things. What are you battling with? I tell you, when you fast, fasting forces, forces. It's not, I hope it forces the enemy. We have seen from this, he has got to let his grip go. He has got to let his grip go. I find that so powerful. That is just so good. Our daughter in New Zealand many years ago was in an unpleasant situation. And I felt the enemy was using it to discourage her and greatly depress her and keep her suppressed. I I felt like almost like she was in this well and she was just stuck at the bottom. And it's like the enemy had his finger on top of her and just keeping her like that. And as a parent, you can imagine for Sean and I, it was just awful. And she'd phone up crying and it was just like, oh. And I remember Sean and I were at this conference in Mudgee and I had a phone call from her just before we went into the meeting and I just started to cry as they played the first chorus and that. And I'd, I just was there and I am like, I have had enough. Satan, I've just had enough of you touching Deborah. I'm just not having it. I felt like there was a stronghold that had come on her life and she was battling to free herself from it. So late, later on, Sean said, let's fast. So we told Deborah she, that we were going to fast from breakfast until 12.30 every day for the next fortnight. And she said she was going to join us, and that at the end of that fortnight, she couldn 't believe the difference. Something had left, and she had freed, it freed her up. The enemy simply can't keep his grip on you when you keep fasting) My suggestion is that if you feel you need some extra spiritual help, then contact Pastor Richard Bevan through our church office so one of our pastoral team can pray for you to see that release and see you gloriously set free. But fasting will do it. And the enemy knows better to touch this mama who knows through Christ who she is in Christ, what powers and what forces are available through what Christ has accomplished and what the victory I have and where I stand in Christ and he is not gonna have it over me or my family, my daughter, my son, my family. I am not having it and nor should you. So get stuck in, fasting is powerful. It is very powerful. So if the worship team would like to come today, oh, I'm ahead of time, like I don't know what. Nothing like a preacher who's short, hey? Just not saying anything. If the whole worship team would like to come, thanks. In these end times, and with the state that the world has got itself in, it is imperative that we are awakened to the powerful practise and discipline of fasting and what it is. We dare not become overfed, complacent, allowing the enemy to rip us off of what God wants for this church, this city, and His Kingdom. When it comes to fasting, don't become cost conscious but result conscious, pleasing God's heart, making Him and His plans our priority. I love what the author Andrew Murray says, fasting helps to express, to deepen, and to confirm the resolution that we are ready to sacrifice anything to sacrifice ourselves to attain what we seek for the Kingdom of God. And you know, I've spoken this morning about letting God know that He is your priority. But for some here this morning, you may not have a relationship with God. But can I tell you that while God hasn't been your priority, you have always been His first priority. You see, God's heart has always been to have a relationship with you. You were no mistake, you were no mistake. He knew you about you even before you were even naturally conceived. And He had a plan and a purpose for your life, but He's never wanted to force it on you. Sin messes up that plan, but you were so the priority in God's life that He made sure nothing would ever stand in the way of being in a relationship between you and Him, even to the point of giving up His only Son to die on a cross once and for all, past, present and future of the sins of mankind, once and for all. When you ask for God's forgiveness, you've got it. No guilt trips, no shame. The plan God has always had for you is restored. All you have to do to activate that plan is to say, yes, Jesus, I wanna make you the priority in my life and to be in a relationship with you. It is that simple. It is that simple. And the good news is that once Jesus made that sacrifice for you and me, on the third day God raised him from the dead showing his ultimate power over the powers of death and darkness so that now we can have a relationship with a living victorious Saviour. Now and for eternity. And that is for every one of you here today, every one of you sitting here that is available for you.